So how long will this virus go on for? Maybe the markets think longer than they thought perhaps a couple of weeks ago. Treasury yields are now falling. Equities are heading back to tech stocks for home workers. The UK has just had its worst day for fatalities so far. Oil is down in price, even though inventories are down. Yet there's increasing talk about inflation for when economies do bounce back with all this extra money sloshing about, particularly if we also see jobs bounce back. And on that, look at those job ads in Australia reported yesterday. Oh, and the US president is uh, more than likely about to be impeached for a second time. But Donald Trump is so yesterday's news, isn't he? It's Thursday, the 14th of January, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. Treasuries continue the fall that we saw kicking off yesterday morning. Ten-year yields now down below 1.1%. That's eight basis points down on the peak it reached yesterday. Meanwhile, there's no clear direction for the U.S. dollar. Up last week, down early this week. This morning, up 0.4%. But it's actually also started to slide again. It's about 0.2% up now. The Aussie dollar is down 0.3%. It's the same with the euro. The pound doing a little better. It's down less than 0.2%. Stocks in the U.S. equally uncertain. A bit of a yo-yo effect, basically. The Dow for example, was up 0.3%, then it lost 0.6%, then it's regained all of that and some, and now it's up about 0.2%. It's a similar story for the S&P 500, which is up 0.3%. The NASDAQ, more up than down. It's uh, half a percent up this session. Energy, materials and industrials were the hardest hit. Tech stocks, the big winners, particularly Intel and Apple. And oil falling away a little, half percent down for WTI. And we welcome back Tapas Strickland, Director Economics for Markets at NAB in Sydney. So We've got falling bond yields, generally weaker equities, uh, except those lockdown st- uh, stocks. And who cares about a Donald Trump in- impeachment that's also going on? More important, really, is just how much Joe Biden plans to spend. And uh, we'll know more about that um, in the next 24 hours, won't we? Good morning, Phil, and Happy New Year. And yes, there has been an incredible start to, to the new year. And those uh, Georgia Senate runoffs really uh, heralding the prospect of a, quite a ramp up in U.S. fiscal uh, stimulus and uh, President-elect Biden is due to give a speech on those priorities uh, today, Thursday, and we'll be looking quite closely exactly what that will entail. Uh, and there has been a lot of talk about um, how quickly can that be implemented, uh, just given that the Democrats only hold an effective majority in the Senate now uh, and not a a sizable majority. And it looks like there is a bipartisan consensus emerging for at least uh, those uh, stimulus checks to go out um, to be increased to 2,000 from the 600. And so a few Republican senators have made a few comments saying that they would be prepared to pass that. So if that's the case, then you could see uh, increased fiscal stimulus going out the door quite quickly um, within within a month of the inauguration, which would be very important for the US. And I guess, you know, this is also raising the question, and we're seeing it increasingly. James Bollard and Eric Rosengren were talking about it again overnight. Uh, you know, what's what's all this going to do for, for inflation? Um all this extra money that we're going to see in the economy. I mean, it's going to take a while, isn't it? Because we obviously need need to see jobs uh, picking up. Uh, but we're not seeing inflation just yet, are we? I mean, we had the CPI numbers out for the US from the US Labor Department. They've they've edged up slightly to one point four percent, but a chunk of that has been because oil prices have been picking up. Yeah, the view on inflation, you'd have to say the market is it's most divided it has been uh, for a very very long time, and some good reasons as as you're saying there, a lot of stimulus in the pipeline there uh, that you may think that inflation is going to pick up. But all the data that we've seen uh, ever since the pandemic has uh, shown disinflationary forces uh, and no real pickup in inflation. And that's largely due 
to the supply side of the economy bouncing back uh, quicker than the demand side of the economy. Uh, that US core CPI really uh, playing into that view. Um, so while you noted headline CPI rose by 0.4% month on month, around 60% of that increase was due to the higher price of gasoline, which rose by 8.4%. When you exclude uh, energy and food, uh, core CPI was more muted at 0.1% month-on-month and 1.6% year-on-year, and no real signs really of uh, increasing inflationary pressure within the details but there. Could be, could As I was saying before, there, there's a lot of hope that uh, a sharp rebound in demand will occur on the back of vaccines being rolled out in the US. And then the real contention is really, uh, does the supply side of the economy bounce back uh, quickly, or does the supply side of the economy take time to bounce back. And one suggestion suggesting that uh, the supply side of the economy could bounce back quite quickly is that temporary layoffs have been the major driver of unemployment losses in the US. And they conceivably should be able to uh, come back online in terms of being employed again quite quite quickly. So you may not necessarily see a sharp pickup in inflation. Well, we might know more about that because we get the uh, those jobless numbers, those weekly jobless numbers, the initial jobless claims, which uh, have been falling a little, but perhaps not fast enough. Uh, still at 787,000 for the first week of the year, but we'll get those tonight. But look, what about in Australia? I mean, because job vacancy numbers here, uh, almost 12% higher than they were before the pandemic, a massive rebound, almost 36% up in, the w- in WA. Uh, so, I mean, could, does that mean that, I mean, getting back to inflation, if we see there's a, a lot of jobs available, uh, could that be inflationary? Yeah, it's in, very interesting, that, that, that point. But um, again, um, it goes to two components of the economy, both the demand side and the supply side of the economy. Um, so uh, with increased labor demand and with an elevated unemployment rate, you'd have to say that that should add a little bit more to the supply side of the economy, which would allow and accommodate the increase in demand. And we also have to remind ourselves where we were before the pandemic, and that was uh, inflation being low right around the world, uh, even though demand was relatively solid. Uh, So the question is, do we go back to that kind of a paradigm, or do we go into a different kind of paradigm? Uh, in regards to those job vacancies in Australia, an absolutely outstanding result, and all suggestive that the unemployment rate could fall more sharply than both the RBA and the Australian Treasury are forecasting. Mm. Which is all good for Australia. It gives the timeline a more positive timeline than we are seeing in the rest of the world. Getting back to what uh, James Bullard and Eric Rosengren were saying, uh, you know that uh, you know perhaps that, that we will see rises in inflation in the US, but uh, you know jobs are going to be the the, the big concern uh, and you know there's there seems a bit of skepticism you know as to how long it's going to take to recover isn't there I mean, if you look at oil today for example uh, a bigger than expected drop in crude inventories and yet the so you'd expect that the oil price would uh, would pick up but we saw oil fall today that's going to be a sign that there's an expectation of subdued demand, hasn't it? Yeah, a little bit and within the details of that report there are also builds in gasoline and distillate stockpiles. Uh, so it was a bit of a mixed report there. Uh, and then as you are saying earlier in the introduction, the US dollar um, has also risen a little bit. So that took a little bit of the shine off the um, oil price. Uh, going back on terms of the Fed comments, um, also out last night was the Fed's Brainard and she made some pretty perceptive comments, especially in regards to the recent run-up in bond yields that we have seen. Uh, just uh, worth noting overnight, 
US 10-year government bond yields actually fell by around four basis points and are currently around 1.08%. Uh, and Brainard said uh, the US economy remains still far away from the central bank's goal of a healthy labour market and stable inflation, and that before any change to the Fed's current QE program occurs, uh, she'll be looking at sustained improvements in realised and expected inflation. So inflation, obviously, very important there. And also we'll be looking at a range of indicators to assess shortfalls from maximum employment. So uh, it's almost tying the QE outlook uh, to the achievement of the Fed's uh, inflation and unemployment goals, um, which I think is slightly mm. different uh, language than what we had seen from some Fed officials, which may have thought that the uh, Fed could taper those purchases uh, as you get closer towards the, those goals. Yeah. Which sounds a bit like what Christine Lagarde's been saying at the ECB. Um, she's uh, basically saying, yep, uh, you know, she, she mentioned inflation as well, but said it's important not to cut back on the stimulus, even if inflation is, is rising. They've just got to carry on the way they are because, I mean, they're in it for the long haul. Yes, yes, in, in, indeed. And uh, indeed, the uh, Reserve Bank of Australia is also uh, singing from a similar hymn sheet, uh, Governor Lowe having given remarks late last year on that. Um, Lagarde also said uh, in regards to the European outlook is that she'll be looking quite closely about what happens after March and whether lockdown conditions ease after March and whether vaccination programs are ramped up. Um, and she obviously cautions that the longer those kind of European lockdowns continue, the greater impact on, on the economy. Yeah, well, I mean, we and those lockdowns are continuing, aren't they? So Germany's just had another eight weeks to their lockdown, which has been going since November. And I've also got concerns about the speed of the vaccine rollout. And yet here's Christine Lagarde saying, well, for the moment anyway, that they're still expecting 3.9% GDP growth this year. And I know it's not part of their concern anymore. It never was the ECB's concern. But look at the UK and, uh, you know, they've they're locked and it's going to continue as well. It's going to get tighter. They had 1,564 fatalities in a day in the UK today. So it's all looking pretty bad uh, in uh, in uh, Europe, isn't it? Yeah, it does look uh, quite, quite um, bad in terms of the virus just after the Christmas New Year period. And uh, as well as the UK, the, the US also has experienced a record number of deaths uh, yesterday as well. Uh, so all pointing towards a very... Uh, challenging short-term picture that probably lasts for at least a, a month or a month and a half. But then that uh, more medium-term picture is still very, very positive. And those vaccination stories that you've been seeing with Israel having vaccinated about 20% of its population, still feeding hopes within markets of a very sharp rebound in activity activity uh, towards March and uh, thereafter in uh, 2021. Right. And uh, just to throw more confusion uh, into it all, uh, Italy, I mean, the government, they're not in a good position. The coalition government actually on the verge of collapse. We might find more on that in the next few hours, in fact. Yes, yes. Um, and I guess it just comes at a very bad time for the Italian hmm. economy, just given all the COVID-19 headwinds. Yeah, I think a lot of it is uncertainty over how they deal with all of that. Look, we get the full uh, GDP growth for Germany uh, later on. We also get the accounts from the last ECB meeting. We get China's balance of trade. We get building permits for Australia. Uh, the final numbers on that for November and uh, Japan's machine orders as well. So there's a bit of there's a few numbers around this morning. Uh, definitely. And in addition to that, uh, I'll be looking quite closely at uh, jobless claims um, just to see exactly how those are. Uh, enhanced restrictions in the US is playing out in the labour market. Uh, Fed Chair Powell is also speaking and I imagine he's going to be giving very similar reg um, remarks to uh, Brainard over, um, overnight that may also temper expectations that the Fed could start to taper um, those QE asset 
purchases. And then importantly, and I think yeah. this is the most important thing uh, for, for Thursday, is Biden's speech in, in regards to uh, the priorities for his, e- uh, for his economic plan and uh, fiscal outlook. All right, great. Well, we'll leave it there for now. Great to uh, talk to you again. Happy New Year and uh, catch you again next week. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. One by one, we welcome back the old team. I am back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. Have a great day.